Hello and welcome to the latest Travis Smith Tax Podcast. I'm Simon Skinner, a partner in the tax team. And I'm Hugh Brooks, a senior associate in our tax team. We're going to be taking a look at the new rules on uncertain tax treatments split into two podcasts. This podcast, which we are recording in the week commencing the 24th of January 2022, will give a high level overview of the rules. And then in the second podcast, we'll be doing a deeper dive into the key question of what exactly an uncertain tax treatment is. Before we get going, it's worth noting that the rules are not yet on the statute books, but they are in the draft finance bill that was published late in 2021 and that will become the Finance Act 2022. We've also had two versions of draft HMRC guidance on these rules and HMRC released the latest version of, of these last week on the 18th of January 2022. So Hugh, could you start by telling us broadly what these rules are getting at? Yes, of course. In a nutshell, these rules require taxpayers to notify HMRC if they have adopted an uncertain tax treatment. So they're all about getting information to HMRC. The rules themselves do not impact the tax treatment of a transaction, and there is no requirement for tax avoidance for the rules to apply. The draft HMRC guidance emphasises that these rules are all about early engagement with HMRC. And as we'll see, there is an exemption from the notification requirement if a taxpayer has already provided HMRC with sufficient information in relation to the uncertain tax treatment. Now, these rules are aimed at what HMRC call the legal interpretation tax gap. Broadly, this is where the taxpayer's interpretation of the law is different to that of HMRC. These rules were first proposed back in March 2020, and I think it's fair to say there's been widespread opposition and criticism of them, in particular because of the very significant compliance burden and the lack of an obvious justification for introducing them. But the government seems determined to press ahead with them in any event. OK, thanks, Hugh. And when are those rules coming into force? The rules will apply to tax returns that are due after the 1st of April 2022. So taxpayers need to start thinking about these rules now um, because notification may be required for a transaction that's happening or a taxable amount arising now. And that's even though the rules haven't technically taken effect yet. OK, and which taxpayers do the rules apply to? Well, the rules are aimed at large companies and partnerships and in this podcast, we'll use the term taxpayer in the loose sense to refer to such companies or partnerships, though the application of these rules in the context of partnerships does have some nuances. In broad terms, large companies or partnerships have either a turnover of more than £200 million or assets on their balance sheet of more than £2 billion. And that's in each case in the previous financial year. For non-UK companies or partnerships, it's only UK turnover or assets that are relevant. Certain asset management entities, for example, open-ended investment companies, alternative investment funds and collective investment schemes are excluded from the definition of company or partnership. So the rules do not apply to those entities. And importantly, this means there is then no requirement to aggregate investee companies of those entities. Now, there are rules about aggregating amounts in group situations, as you might expect, um, but we're not going to go into those in any more detail here. 
it's worth noting before we move on um, that there is a separate threshold which needs to be met before a notification is required under the rules. And this is that the value of the tax advantage obtained in respect of the uncertain tax treatment is more than £5 million. And we'll come back to that a bit later on. In terms of the taxes that the rules apply to, these are broadly corporation tax, VAT and income tax, but that's only income tax to the extent it's in a partnership or a PAYE return. Thanks, Hugh. So could you give us an overview of what the rules require of taxpayers? Yes, sure. So the first question is whether the taxpayer falls within the large business or partnership requirement that we just mentioned. If it does, then the way that these rules work is by looking at the taxpayer's tax returns. So the next thing you need to look for is a tax return relating to one of the taxes that I just mentioned. Once you've identified a relevant tax return, the next question is whether that return includes an amount, which can be nil, that is uncertain. This is where we come to the key question of what is an uncertain tax treatment. Now, we'll look at this in more detail in the second podcast in this series, but in summary, there are two tests for an uncertain tax treatment, and there will be an uncertain tax treatment if either of these tests is met. The two tests are, first, that a provision has been included in the taxpayer's account to reflect the uncertain tax treatment, or second, that the taxpayer is adopting a position that is contrary to the known position of HMRC. And in terms of the question of what is HMRC's known position, there are two limbs to this. The first looks at material of general application that has been published by HMRC, so things like their manuals, etc. And the second looks at previous dealings between HMRC and the specific taxpayer in question. Now, it's important to keep in mind the point in time at which the tests need to be applied. They need to be applied at the time the relevant tax return is delivered to HMRC or when it is amended. And that's likely to be a significant amount of time after the taxpayer has undertaken the relevant transaction. In addition, the accounting limb of the uncertain tax treatment test will also apply and therefore a notification may be required if a provision is made in the accounts after the relevant tax return has been delivered to HMRC. OK, OK, that makes sense. And as you say, we'll be talking in a bit more detail about those tests in the second podcast. We'll also talk about the proposed third limb of uncertain tax treatment, which the government has dropped for now from the finance bill and is considering further. So can you tell us what happens if a taxpayer identifies an uncertain tax treatment? Well, the next step is to work out the value of the tax advantage obtained by using the uncertain tax treatment and determine if this meets the £5 million threshold that I mentioned earlier. To calculate the value of the tax advantage, a taxpayer broadly needs to compare the tax outcome using the uncertain tax treatment with what the tax outcome would have been if they had adopted the alternative treatment, for example, if they had adopted HMRC's known position. A taxpayer then needs to take this value aggregate it with the value of any related uncertain amounts in what is called the relevant period and determine if this aggregate amount is greater than five million pounds. Now the relevant period will often be 12 months but in cases where it is longer or shorter than 12 months the five million pound threshold is adjusted up or down accordingly. 
amounts are related broadly if they relate to the same tax and if the tax treatment giving rise to them is substantially the same. It's worth flagging that group relief and carried forward losses are ignored when calculating the value of a tax advantage and there are special rules when losses arise. But the key point is that if the aggregate uncertain amount exceeds £5 million, then the taxpayer will need to make a notification to HMRC unless an exemption applies. Thanks, Hugh. Yeah, and the rules on valuing the tax advantage and determining whether the £5 million threshold has been met are certainly very complicated. There are a number of nuances in the rules. We don't have time to get into those details now, but needless to say, they'll need to be worked through carefully in practice. Yes, indeed. So assuming that the threshold is met, the next question is whether an exemption applies. The main exemption is where HMRC already have available to them all or substantially all of the information that would have been included in the notification. So this is the so-called general exemption and it ties back to the purpose of the rules being about information gathering from HMRC. The updated HMRC guidance that we received last week actually emphasised that the rules are aimed at encouraging businesses to engage early and in real time with HMRC. And they helpfully said that HMRC will provide assurance to taxpayers where the general exemption is met and enter into dialogue with taxpayers to ensure that HMRC are comfortable that they have all the information they need and so they can give the assurance that the general exemption can apply. Now there's quite a bit of detail in the draft guidance about what a taxpayer needs to do to meet the general exemption, but it can be met if information is disclosed to HMRC under certain other regulatory regimes, for example, DOTAS, or through other dealings with HMRC. Now in terms of what is meant by dealings with HMRC, this includes making the taxpayer's customer compliance manager or CCM aware of the uncertain tax treatment and this will be helpful for the biggest businesses that have CCMs. If you're a business that doesn't qualify for a CCM then HMRC are proposing that the customer support team for mid-sized businesses can be used. Now in either case it will be important to consider how to deal with this in practice and in particular to make sure that HMRC are provided with sufficient information to meet the exemption and that you keep appropriate records of discussions. Taxpayers will also need to keep in mind that changes to the underlying transaction or its tax treatment may require additional disclosure to HMRC. A short but interesting additional section was actually added into the latest version of the draft guidance by HMRC. And this notes that the general exemption could also apply to uncertainties that were discussed with HMRC before these rules were introduced. Now, while that is probably correct as a matter of law, taxpayers are likely to want to be sure that the general exemption applies, which may mean revisiting those discussions with HMRC now in order to get express confirmation from HMRC that they have all the information they need and that the general exemption applies. There are also other exemptions to the rules, but, but we won't get into those here. Um, if an exemption isn't met, then a notification will need to be made. And if a notification isn't made, then penalties can apply. Thank you very much, Hugh. That was a very interesting introduction to the rules. In part two of this podcast, we'll turn to the concept of an uncertain tax treatment and consider that in a little more detail.